Be prepared for the something or something. Be prepared. Ah. There's no way I could be prepared if you're not going to tell me what to do. For sensational podcast. <laughs> This is the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they were any good. My name is DJ. And my name is Damon. Good job, Damon. Thank you. You handled that intro very well. You know, uh, I practiced um, alone. I'm a sitcom <laughs> character, so I practiced in a mirror. And you didn't know I wasn't talking to anyone. And then the, the, the camera panned out and you saw I was talking to a mirror. He's standing a right behind me. No, that's a more oh. of a horror movie oh, intro. Okay. No, I think oh, it's, no, yeah, it's that's a comedy, true. yeah. He's standing right behind me, isn't he? But you don't usually do that in a mirror, because then the person standing behind me <laughs> You would me. see them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the OG The Lion King. Well, not because it's ripped off of something else, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's ripped off of, like, a Japanese thing that we, I only learned because of, like most things I've ever learned. Thank you, The Simpsons, mm. for teaching me that. Was it like Ko- Kobu or something? What is no, it? No, it's like the the cat's name is fucking Kimba. Kimba. Like it's nonsense. It might be, the whole thing might be Kobu, but I think there is a character yeah. named fucking Kimba. So we're going to watch the 1994 cartoon, The Lion King. As opposed to the 2019 cartoon, The Lion King. Which, yeah, like not a cartoon, but it's kind of still a cartoon. As, it's the Barry Bonds of live action. We Asterisk. Don't, we don't do that hand-drawn shit no more. We get Beyonce Knowles to come in for maybe an hour and a half one <laughs> afternoon, and we pay her a trillion dollars. Voice actors who spent their entire career like perfecting a hundred different voices and like the the art of voiceovers must be just furious. Actually, they are furious. Yeah. If you ever listen to an interview with like Billy West, yeah, they're pissed just because people are like, "Oh, let's just get Beyonce." Right. I think we talked about this with Aladdin. I think it was just like, that's the end of voice actors. We just get a celebrity and put their name on everything. Because you know what Beyonce is known for? Her speaking voice. You know what she's great at? Acting. That's Mm. why we all watch Goldmember on a regular basis. So if I know anything about the the thing that Disney is doing now, their (laughs) live action or quote-unquote live action remakes of movies, it's that they're... Pretty much exactly the same. So we'll be basically reviewing the movie that's out in theaters now. Maybe we'll go see it. Maybe we won't. But no we're going to look rush. at the cartoon. Um, what do you remember about this original? Lion I remember. Um, I feel like this would should have been the first Disney cartoon that my generation or people around my age would have been like, eh. But I felt like it was such an event that yeah. even people and I would have been. I think it would be my first. Might have been my last year of. Middle school. Yeah, like 12 years old. Maybe. The first year of middle school. Um, or maybe first year. Yeah. But everyone was like super amped up for it. Right. Um, just because it was supposed to be so good. And I think so the trailer like the was third really. One? Is this, or is this a, the third of one? Of the like the, the Disney Do you think that Disney only made three movies? Well, they made the, you know, their Disney Renaissance because there's the Little Mermaid. the one, I would say. Uh, Mermaid, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. Oh, Beauty and, and the Beast. Okay. Yeah. King of the Hill is what okay. I was thinking. Originally See, I, titled King of the Hill. Did you know that? <laughs> King King of the African Hill. Did, <laughs> I, th- I feel like this is, is this the most popular of those? This was a big, I mean, this was a big yeah. fucking deal. I mean, th- yeah. I think it was the most gross for a, a Disney movie. And I think it cracked the top 10 of any, all movies ever. Uh, ever. Mm. 
I'm good at talking. Not adjusted for inflation. Um, yeah, because Gone with the Wind wins that because yeah. America loves racism and lost cause ideas about the Civil War. That being said, we should watch that one because I've never seen it. <laughs> you know what two white men are good at? Talking about racist movies. <laughs> um, we'd have to do it on a Saturday because it's fucking long. Yeah. Uh, Split it up. We'll do part one, part two. I remember I was an, I think as we talked about in our Aladdin episode, I was an Aladdin kid. Like I really liked Aladdin because it was more comedy folk. We have an Aladdin episode. Have I only rehearsed an Aladdin episode in my head? <laughs> we didn't do an Aladdin episode. <laughs> no, we did. No, we talked about it. We didn't. I do think it. we talked about it yeah. with Hook and any other Robin Williams movie. Yeah. Maybe that's why it feels like <laughs> okay. we have an Aladdin episode. I think Pocahontas is the only Disney movie we've done. It might be like straight up animation. Movie. Yeah. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is that it was a big deal. Yeah. And there were, um, I can't remember how I fell in with these girls, but there were these like <laughs> girls who were did like they two smoke years. Cigarettes? They did kind of smoke cigarettes. Oh my God. They uh, were, it was, I wouldn't call it bullying, but they was light bullying. <laughs> they were girls and they like took a shine to me and like kind of like teasing me but i never felt like threatened i felt more put out by them right because it was never like aggressive or overtly mean but it was like almost like you're bullying me by monopolizing my time (laughs) (laughs) so sometimes they somehow got my phone number and would call the house and they would just call and want to talk to me and i remember they were so excited about the lion king (laughs) one time and they were asking me about the lion king i was like i have not seen it and they were like, oh, my God, Damon, it's so good. And then they started singing. I was like, I really need to go. <laughs> um, but I remember finally seeing it and not liking it as much as Aladdin and yeah. being surprised it was such a big deal. Uh, I think it wore me down, though, eventually, and I liked it. I yeah. like the songs. And, of course, I do think it has a great gay Disney villain song mm. in Be, Be Prepared. Uh, because Jeremy Irons is just laying it on, like, yeah. oh, you wanted a giant homo? I gotcha. <laughs> uh, and I like uh, my villains, Faye. Oh, uh, I think that may be the one thing I'm gonna miss about homophobia, which is like <laughs> super great Disney villain songs. <laughs> Bring in Ursula. She's pretty much a drag queen. Who cares? <laughs> and then Scar, and then. Uh, I don't know. Jafar's kind of queenie as well. <laughs> sure. Uh, and white people in Pocahontas. Yeah. Actually, the fucking guy yeah. in Pocahontas oh, yeah. is a pug and like an, a, a like a, a slim waisted assistant. Oh yeah. Oh man. You know, just... say what you want about homophobia, but the songs were great. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one. Like, I didn't. Um grab a hold of this one like I did Aladdin. Like Aladdin was m- the one that I liked and that I remember. It's like I was too – like there was something about Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid like they were girl movies or something. And I was young enough that that's a thing. You know, where you're like, oh, right. it's a girl movie. You were young enough that sexism had taken hold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, and Aladdin was like, oh, it's a boy movie so I can like it. So maybe it was as simple as that. Plus, you know. It's a boy movie. You know, there's a guy running around in a tight vest, yeah. shirt off. You know. <laughs> Well, I get, uh, you got Robin Williams, which, you yeah. know, when you're a kid, that's another super straight man <laughs> knocking out of the park. Uh, so this one was like after, and I just, I think maybe it was just like, I was, 
I thought I was like grown up, too grown up for cartoons mm-hmm. already. But even though I was still definitely watching cartoons at this point. So I don't know what it was about it. But, but I remember kind of the same thing where I like begrudgingly was like, okay, yeah, this, I like this. I also can't wait to be king. But also still that- waiting. I remember we sang I Just Can't Wait to Be King in my uh, music class. Yeah. And I remember we sang Hakuna Matata as well. But I, I thought that Hakuna Matata was a bridge too far. Like, I'm like, I can't, guys. Yeah. Luckily, it sort of washed away. I feel like it's somewhat washed away. It's certainly not as strong a thing as it used to be. One, cause- but it did give us a great Seinfeld joke, which was uh, Elaine confesses to Jerry that she was singing Hakuna Matata to herself. And he said... He said, you were singing that song from The Lion King? And she's like, I thought I was alone. And he goes, that doesn't make it right. <laughs> well, this also kind of marks the end of the Disney Renaissance because... Pocahontas sucks. As we've well, Pocahontas sucks. But also, Toy Story came out in 95. So I think that that was the beginning of sort of the full transition. Like now we're just, they're just not doing hand-drawn animation for Disney anymore. For the most part, no. Yeah. Um, John Lasseter really wanted to do that, but he also really wanted to like assault women. So he's not head of that department anymore. He he wanted to also, I'm sure, um, make money, which oh, yeah. like the, the hand-drawn... Like, well, they went back with Princess and the Frog and that yeah. was kind of a, a hit. Yeah, I never, I never saw that. One it's hard for so. me to gauge like how popular Disney movies are now as an adult because I'm like, are we watching that? Like, unless it's like Frozen level, like just laying waste to, <laughs> to yeah, pop yeah. culture society. I'm just like, are you kids like Tiana from Princess and the Frog? <laughs> well, and like the, you know, Disney makes money on almost everything they do at this point. Like, even if Disney actually owns this podcast, I don't know if you, yeah, if you got that, they're email. about to at some point, <laughs> but. Uh, they just, if it doesn't make gobs and gobs of money, like you, like you said, like frozen or something, it doesn't feel like it's a big moneymaker. You know what I mean? Right. What came after Pocahontas? Do we remember? Was it, when did Mulan come out? That was, uh, Mulan's good, but I do, again, it's not the big like culture shift. I've never seen Mulan, so would love to watch that at some point. Uh, we should watch that. And I believe we have a soft promise to Patreon. Larissa Maestro to have her come on because she oh, okay. fucking loves Mulan. Yeah, I'm done with that. Um, okay, so we're going to watch The Lion King and eat some Thai food. So grab yourself some Thai food. <laughs> grab a, get, unlock your Disney vault. Pull out your copy, your VHS oh, yeah. copy. That, <laughs> that big clamshell. Of the, <coughs> of the Lion King. Pop it in and watch it with us. We'll be right back. Um, Gonna do a little riff for the Patreon thing. In lieu of our little little thing. In lieu of our Patreon commercial, we're gonna have a little special message from friend of the podcast, Jason. So here we go. Hey, this is Jason Shervom, longtime listener. Uh, Great, great show that you guys are doing. Really loved the live podcast the other day. Uh, Yeah, I forget which episode it was. That was quite a couple months ago, probably. Anyway, Damon threw out there for the phone call to just say whatever you want. Uh, leave a grocery list, even. So I'm just going to leave my grocery list for you. Getting some fat-free creamer today, some milk, some wheat bread, eggs, pepper jack cheese, pepperonis, some white tortillas, the medium size, not the big burrito size, some Fruit Loops, uh, some Lucky Charms, some fresh fruit, Jello, not strawberry, but in big boxes, 
some honey ham, carrots, oven roasted turkey, and cherries. Uh, I'm pretty sure I will eat some of those things while listening to the next episode and just love your guys' work. Keep up the good work. And yeah, thanks for making me laugh. See ya. Uh, thank you very much for that message, Jason. It was very informative. And uh, I think we all know that uh, dairy-free creamer is not stupid. So mm. get you an extra box of that. It's kind of like a carton. A carton. I would imagine it would come in a, a box with a bunch of loose <laughs> dust in it for a fat-free creamer. Okay. For real recap this movie. All Let's right. go. Uh, so um, Simba. Born in a very religious uh, ceremony, yeah. uh, named King, he is introduced to uh, the Pride Lands, which, uh, in a very vague, nebulous, uh, it's borderless state, general area, just whatever light touches. Which light touches most things. Also, what if it's cloudy? So, but if I keep walking forward, I mean, and it changes based on the time of the day. What yeah, you? What the what fuck you're are you talking over? about? It's neither here nor there. Also, the the what's the the area scars in the, uh, the elephant graveyard? Yeah, there's still light there. Yeah, it's just okay. it can't be cloudy anyway. there all the time yeah. with a chance of meatballs. <sighs> anyway, he's vaguely instructed that he he's the owns king, this bitch. and you know we're all part of the wonderful. Circle of life, mm-hmm. nama 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 hey, uh, and it moves us all. And uh, Sim is very excited about the um, more dictatorial parts, yes. totalitarian parts mm-hmm. about being king. Showing doesn't some understand ugly signs. The parts about being brave, mm-hmm. um, but then he sees his father save him in the elephant graveyard from hyenas. And he realized what bravery really is. Little does he know that that was a plot of scars. His uncle, uh, who was the former heir apparent to the Pride Lands before Simba was born. Mm. Anyway, Scar wants Simba dead Mm. so that he can become king again. Mm. Or can become king after Mufasa's dead. He decides, hey, wait a minute. Get them both in one go. Triggers a uh, stampede. Tricks Simba into thinking it was his fault. Mufasa's killed in the stampede. Mm. Simba runs away. Meets Timamun and Pumbaa. Shirks his duties as heir to the uh, throne of the Pride Lands or whatever the fuck. Um, and lives life off of bugs. Still maintains a healthy physique for a lion. Yeah. Despite, I can't imagine the just sheer amount of bugs he would have to consume to so keep his body mass. It seems like uh, you know, they're pretty, pretty filling. <laughs> Slimy yet satisfying. Yeah. Anyway, Nala... Uh, in an attempt to get help, stumbles into now adult Simba and uh Indeed. And they bone. They bone it out. Um first uh, But then also Disney talk movie about to responsibility, include... which is also mostly how my sexual escapades end. Yeah. With a thorough discussion of how I've let down my father. <laughs> um, <laughs> Little known fact this is the first Disney movie to include lion sex as well. That's true. That's true. There was a scene in 101 Dalmatians, but they just couldn't figure out how to get it, how to just work it into the plot. They didn't have the technology just, yet. Originally, just cut to the London Zoo and just two lions just going at it. And it was like, 
Walt Disney was like, you know, I love the artistry of this scene, yeah, but I just really don't. Nice. I feel like it's just adding to the runtime. Yeah, where we could just be hanging out with Cruella, who's a more interesting <laughs> character, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, blah blah blah. Simba kills Scar. Yeah, it comes overthrowing. Back the king the mm. rightful king to a man who shirked his duties kills him throws the entire pride lands into chaos no one knows what's supposed to be going on just kidding it rains everything's fine and everything <laughs> comes back is a sick of life credit did i forget anything oh uh, i'm sure a few things but ah yes oh and uh, it says sex in the dust in the sky apparently according to imd imdb trivia asterisk 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 so many asterisks um, and footnotes uh, SFX for the special effects crew. I never but found that. I never found the SCX because like, you know, you could watch, you could like pause it. I definitely, we had a copy of the little mermaid that had like a penis, a very oh, phallic yeah. that definitely happened. Now, whether it was like on purpose or not arguable, but it sure looked like a penis. And I remember being like, Oh, that's a penis. And we found it. <laughs> mm-hmm. The SCX thing. I never, I never found it. I never, I never found it either. Um, but they may have, you know, they changed it on real. If people they find stuff like that, they might have George Lucas did. But yeah. I just want to say one thing: the claiming it's the F- SFX seems like uh, the lady doth protests too much. It's almost <laughs> like the Trump administration. Like you probably didn't do all that much wrong in the first place, but the fact that you're just like stumbling all over yourself to like not release any evidence just makes it seem weirder. So. The SFX, if that's true, wouldn't the special effects team have done that themselves? Yeah. So they're thanking themselves? They're it's like my, my guess is like you know how like in video games like a developer will like put their name somewhere oh, right. like to be like like a little easter egg. Right, like the famous developer Timothy all your base are belong to us. Right. <laughs> Uh, it just seems, it just seems like kind of generic. Like, why don't you put someone's initials in there if you really want to like, well, you know how like Mickey Rooney hides hidden Mickeys and all the, <laughs> in all his, uh, horribly racist, uh, yeah. uh, portrayals of Japanese people. Will you please, um, so no, will I you won't please stop talking about Mickey Rooney. Rooney. <laughs> okay. Uh, please. Will you read the English translation of the lyrics to the intro of circle of life damon go on thank you uh here comes a lion father oh yes it's a lion here comes a <laughs> allow cookies <laughs> that's what happens when you use a, a shit website website uh <laughs> <laughs> Here comes a lion. Would you like to subscribe to our newsletter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. No, I don't like staying informed. Yeah, they always make you feel like an <laughs> asshole for saying no. Here comes a lion, father. Oh, yes, it's a lion. Here comes a lion, father. Oh, yes, it's a lion. A lion. We're going to conquer a lion. A lion. And a leopard <laughs> come to this open place. Where the fuck did the leopard come from? It's kind of like in the song Groovin' where they're like, life could be ecstasy, you and me. And Leslie? <laughs> she's like, what's, has Leslie been here the whole song? <laughs> oh, she's come. Okay. okay. No, I'm, I, it's fine. I thought it was just, 
I mean, I got reservations for two. Yeah, so. it's not that I don't like Leslie. It's just I thought this was a romantic. I'm starting to think that this is like actually a friend thing, and like Leslie was sort of your like buffer. You know, your, yeah. yeah, you know, no, I don't, no, it's no, we can still groove. We can still groove. No, it's fine. I'm not. No, it's fine. I mean, it's on a Sunday afternoon, but <laughs> um, I have nothing against leopards. No, there's not leopard one in this movie though. Even in the big animal shots, unless I just missed it, which is possible, but there's not a leopard. I can confirm. So, so anyway. the fact that this movie felt comfortable starting out with a lie. This that, is those lyrics. There's like four words in that. Why did you just stick leopard in there? Maybe they just thought, and it doesn't even make any sense. Like, like the the repeating uh, a lion. Oh yes, there's the lion. Okay, that's fine. That's you know, mm-hmm. it's a song. It's not like it's not meant to be read like prose, but like. Th- Take it seriously, but don't take it literally. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway. And then, of course, what happens in all great African-inspired music is uh, a white lady starts singing over <laughs> top of it. <laughs> sometimes it's Peter Gabriel, noted white lady, and, <laughs> and sometimes it's this lady. They were like, oh, Paul Simon did that? Uh, let's <laughs> let's one-up it. Hey, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> What Originally, Beauty and the Beast In was going to have a circle. This is going to have an African beat. Uh, I do want to say uh, this may not have been. I mean, this is outside of the movie, sort of. But this was probably the first trailer for a movie that felt like mm. felt different than trailers I had seen as a kid. Yeah, because it is literally the first scene of the movie up until the title card. Right. Uh, was the trailer they did. They were really fucking proud of that. Yeah. As they should be. It was great. It was great. I mean, in that they've got like really accurate animated depictions of the animals. I mean, mm-hmm. other other than they're all <laughs> standing in a group bowing. But I mean like the bowing anatomically to the, accurate. To an animal that will kill them. <laughs> yeah. But I mean just like the, the the animation is beautiful. It's really well done. The backgrounds, the colors like it's all and the music is really good. It's Hans Zimmer doing some uh Zimmer. Some Zimmer. Just shit. doing the Zimmer. And then uh yeah, and then it's like poof, they lift, they lift uh, Simba up, and he's cute. He's a little cute. Oh, he wants to claw the thing. Yeah, and then the lion, the Lion King comes on. And it's like poof. it's pretty cool. Yes, it's a good. That would be a good trailer. And then they're just like, uh, yeah, that's just the movie. That's fine. We'll just start there. <laughs> do you think? Do they? Do you think they made that like for a trailer, and then just like stuck it on the beginning of the movie? No, I think that would have been, I mean, animation, hand-drawn yeah, animation. I guess. They're like, I'm not fucking drawing a trailer and a movie. Just yeah. put the first scene up. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I've, been, I've been working on this for 640 years. <laughs> I'm happy to complete my great-great-grandfather's work. <laughs> they were animating The Lion King on the Mayflower when they came over. <laughs> And they were like, what is this even for? Why are you drawing so many pictures of lions? Like, you don't understand it yet because we don't have the technology (laughs) to actually make this work. But your great, 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 great grandkids are going to love it. But wait till I show you this really fast in a flip book. (laughs) Um, We we mentioned some of the like the celebrity voices in this, but there's way more than I remembered. Because we got Rowan Atkinson is a Zazu. Zazu? Did I say it right? Um, Confirmed. Robert Guillaume, uh, a.k.a. Isaac Jaffe as Rafiki. Uh Uh-huh. Or Benson. Anyone? Benson fans? JTT is young Simba. Matthew Broderick. Old Simba. Old Simba. Whoopi Goldberg. I forgot about Whoopi and Cheech Marin. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Nathan Lane as Timon. I, I did remember that. And uh, Madge Sinclair and, of course, uh, James Earl Jones are the parents. I forgot that Madge Sinclair, who was – they were the parents in Coming to America. Yes. I did um, – I do trivia at my office and yeah. I – I use that as a trivia. When did uh, James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair from Coming to America reunited as another can- African king and queen? Nice. Did people get it? I think only a handful of teams got it. Fuck you. See, the twist is that they're not human. Ah. There's always a twist with you. That's the thing. Um, Moira Kelly. Ah, yes. Moira. Who has a very distinctive voice. So as soon as she started, I was like, oh. Topic. Yeah. Topic. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the thing just is, more. lions actually have topics, naturally occurring topics that they can <laughs> retract, should they so choose. They should come up with a better name for those. <laughs> if only, but yeah. biologists were wiped off the face. <laughs> of the, uh, the animation. I mean, we did touch on this uh, talking about the trailer, but the animation is really good. And one of the things I don't think I realized as a kid was that. Uh, there are some weird, like, sort of very uh, cartoony touches. Like, yeah, yeah. at one point, Timon and Pumbaa cry, and their tears, like, fly out yeah. of their heads. Uh, people fall in lava and just zoom out into the air. And I'm like, you're dead. Like, yeah. That's not how that works. Uh, but the animation, they, they chose to have the uh, characters be very anatomically correct. Yeah. That sounds filthier than necessary. But, like... Uh, Simba can never like touch something like to, right, with right. his thumbs because he doesn't have thumbs. Yeah, their and, faces are, are are very expressive, more like humans, but like right. their bodies are very much like their animal mm-hmm. form. Yeah. Like there's a scene where Simba, at the end, Simba hugs Rafiki and like the way his arm moves, like I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much all a lion could possibly manage right. for a yeah. hug. So that was, that was interesting. I thought uh, animation wise that they chose to be so, uh, you get it, <laughs> anatomically uh, accurate. Rather than really making them super cartoony. I think this uh, point has been brought up on the, the internet, but uh, okay, so he, he's a murderer, but Scar kind of has a point, you know, like about, you know, like just the monarchy being a bad idea, but it's, is he, does he has Scar a, have that thought? Well, though? he has a, he, he speaks that way, but then the truth is he just wants to be king. Right. And so like it's over time. It's not, Scar really doesn't have a point, but in the beginning he has a point because he's well, talking about how it's like not fair that the hyenas are kind of thrown out and like, he doesn't like stick up for them. Like it's, but it's like he, he's onto something there, but then it's like, Oh, he's just a murderer and he wants to be king. Oh, like, I just never thought I'd, I mean, he does talk at like uh, in in Mufasa's eulogy. He does sort of talk about hyenas and lions coming together. But I always just thought that w- that was like his, like he teamed up with the hyenas just because no one else was going to team right. up and yeah. carry out his yeah. orders. When it's clear, like it, they, it's not like he's a, a vague villain. He's he's a murderous villain. Right. Like he, he killed his own brother. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the very beginning, when he's first kind of established, uh, it does seem you're like okay, well. It's almost like uh, he's got a little bit of a point, but then we we learn that his true intentions don't kind of right. belie that. Um, he is a surprising, also, I mean, he is a surprisingly effective villain. I mean, he you have uh, no idea. <laughs> he's I, I I'm surprised by he he is, starts out in his first scenes. He's very sarcastic and sort of queeny. Yeah. Um, and but he then he like. He like kills one of the main characters in what is, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking about other, you know, villains, uh, 
Jafar never seems to kill anyone. He sort of does things that he it would be safe to assume he knew they would end up dead. Yeah. But uh, he never does anything like... Directly like that. Directly. Like He yeah. always wants something. Like he sends Aladdin into the cave and lets the cave collapse on him. Um, it's indirect. Indirect like, yeah. murder. Like the way that... Uh, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> it was an indirect murder. It'd be manslaughter, right? Case dismissed. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, he... Um, because... It's set up where the the wildebeest, the the um, stampede, is supposed to kill Mufasa, but then Mufasa escapes, mm-hmm. and he's just hanging by the ledge, and then Scar actually physically throws him throws him the... back down in, and you know mm-hmm. he could have died on the way down, or he could have died by getting trampled, or probably both, but <laughs> but uh, that's pretty fucking direct. Yeah, and you watch it. I mean, of yeah. course, you don't see like Mufasa like. His brain's crushed out. Yeah. And why would you? Jesus Christ, what's, what's wrong, with, wrong you? with you? What's wrong with you? But you you watch him, like, dig his claws, like, into his hand. That always yeah. makes me, like, uncomfortable yeah. a little. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty brutal. Pretty badass. Yeah, Not he's... Not in a cool way, though. Yeah, but, I mean, he's, like... Not he's in a glorifying way. A very well, well-done villain, because he's... He... You see what his goals are. And you see how he manipulates Simba to do that, to do that. He like, you know, manipulates him to go. He's like a little kid. So he like, you know, uses reverse psychology to get him to go to the elephant's gra- graveyard where he thinks, uh, you know, the hyenas will kill him. Of right. course he gets saved by Mufasa. And then later he manipulates him to go be there when the stampede happens and then sort of witness his dad dying. And then he convinces him to go away. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is your fault. And so he's like very effective as a manipulator as well. What I like is that he has a plan. He actualizes that plan. Mm-hmm. And even though he's technically not a person, I really think they should include him in the seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> and he has arguably at least one of the best songs, if not the best song. I love a Disney villain song, as I uh, alluded to yeah. at the beginning. Uh, and this is one of my favorites. Um, the, the music in this is great. Yes, all the songs. There's not that many songs. We can talk about that. If sure. If um, but yeah, the, I mean, I love a Disney villain song and get, be prepared. Get prepared. Um, is, is <laughs> That's what the original <laughs> version was called. And they're like, there's got to be another word we can use here. And as a former um, Boy Scout, gay Boy Scout, be prepared is a fantastic song. Because you get to do all your queeniest moves. It's um, sensational news. Yeah. I like that he goes from being coy to screaming at people. Yeah. One of my favorite mood swings. Yeah. And I do rate mood swings. Because <laughs> we got um, Circle of Life. The Oh, song-wise, the, yes. And then we got Just Can't Wait to Be King, uh, which is a good one. We get Circle to- of Life. I, now, I call it. Lion and leopard come into this open place. But I mean, but, I guess you probably need the English title. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> Just can't wait to be king where we get uh, some some good kid kid singing, but it's like kid singing and it's it's weird. It's a little you you mentioned it's a little jarring. We're going to talk about this at some point. I mean, the we can talk about it now. You you're 50 percent there. <laughs> the difference between the the speaking voices and the singing voices is I, I find the adult Simba more jarring, but you find the. I find this switch from Jonathan Taylor Thomas to, and I forgot to look it up, but the singing yeah. voice of, uh, he has a very young Michael Jackson, like Jackson five era right. voice. And it's very, I think not it's, a, I think it, it's actually a girl singing it. I oh, it is. That, I think, but I'm not sure if that's true, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I can tell the difference also like that's not is, but is that not Matthew Roderick singing? 
I don't think so. Because Matthew it's Broderick pretty, sings. Yeah, but that was pretty good singing. And Matthew Broderick's like a, yeah, he can sing in producers. Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Um, um, let's, let's look it up. Who is that? Okay. So Matthew Broderick is adult Simba. Rock singer Joseph Williams produce, produced, uh, provided adult Simba singing voice. Oh, the, the hero with a thousand faces, Joseph Williams? Oh, best known for his work with the rock band Toto. Oh. Lead vocalist. And then uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas voiced young Simba while Jason Weaver provided the cup singing voice. I was wrong. Uh, that name sounds familiar? Known by his stage name, Jay Weave. <laughs> Absolutely not. Although I did love his work on uh, Jersey Shore. He was known for his roles as Marcus Henderson on the WB sitcom Smart Guy. Oh, and he played the pre-teenage Michael Jackson on the 1992 ABC miniseries The Jacksons and American Dream. Look at that. That one could only describe what I said as prescient. Indeed. Um, yeah. Okay. You resent having to give me credit. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Moira Kelly as Nala. Sally Dworsky providing her singing voice. Okay. Where's young? Wait, is Sally Dworsky a person? That name also sounds familiar, but I'm starting to think that just names sound familiar. Sally Dworsky, American singer, songwriter, and playback playback singer in animated films. She's known for co-writing the song That's As Close As I'll Get to Loving You and for singing with Michelle Pfeiffer the Academy Award winning song When You Believe. Oh, and then from it's... from the, the Pharaoh show. Yeah, the Prince of Egypt. <laughs> um, and, okay, Nikita Kalame provided the, young vo- the voice of young Nala while Laura Williams provided her singing voice. So everybody was different. Oh, that's... Why... I mean, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, I get. Maybe. I've never heard the man sing, so I wouldn't. But it's like, but it's like, for the most part, you're like, you know, it's animated. Why don't you just hire Why don't you just hire that kid who's singing to do yeah. the, the maybe they're acting? Maybe they're really bad at it. I think they, I think after Aladdin, that, that moment of like, oh, we can have Robin Williams, that, that'll put butts in the seats. Maybe right. we should just have celebrities do every voice. Yeah. And they're like, don't worry about singing. We got real singers. We don't can pay, worry about we it. We can pay them less. And then we can also play you less because we're not making you sing. Yeah. We can Marnie Nixon this thing all up. <laughs> um, uh, I oh, learned one, a lot today. I was going through the songs. Okay. Uh, yeah. I wanted to mention the even though this isn't about specifically the song, but be prepared that Lenny Riefenstahl uh, part um, where all the hyenas are goose stepping yeah. in front of a giant you know pillar made to look, I mean, it's very Hitler. A lot of Nazi imagery. And it's like, okay, I mean, I hate Scar too, but like. Well, I mean, <laughs> Scar wasn't great. I mean, it's an effective shot because, yeah. I mean, Lenny Riefenstahl was effective shots. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, once you get the reference, it's like, okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Oof. I don't know if I'm offended by it, but it's just, it seems like really overkill. But that's a lot of hyenas too. Yeah. It shows you the, you know, the extent of his army as well. Because mm-hmm. that's the first time you see, like, that there's not just three hyenas. You see, right. like, there's, oh, there's a shitload of hyenas. And they're all trained singers. Yes. And they're very organized. And sometimes they shake their butts like sort of doo-wop singers, and it's really cute. I'll tell you what. Um, you can say a lot of bad things about Scar. <laughs> Made the trains run on time. <laughs> yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, it just feels good to laugh. (laughs) 
Um, Circle of Life, Can't Wait to Be King, and then we have Be Prepared. Um, and then we have Hakuna Matata, mm-hmm. um, which we get a part that I remember from my youth of when they show him, they do like a weird key change harp thing when he grows up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he has the sort of montage of growing his mane out. Yeah. Well, while still singing the same fucking song for like seven years. Jesus. Um, we get uh, Guys, a couple maybe of- we should just have a brainstorming session. Just come up with maybe a second <laughs> song. Just like, you know, go to the coffee shop, bring our laptops, just hammer this thing out. We have a few, uh, like in between songs, which I'll get to, but we have, then we have, can you feel the love tonight? And then we have circle of life reprise. That's all like the main songs in this, but we do have Zazu sings. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. <laughs> he sings it's yeah. a small world for one, one phrase. Uh, he sings a lovely bunch of coconuts, which yes. Scar very much enjoys. And then uh, Timon and Pumbaa sing in the jungle when they get separated. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Timon and Pumbaa also, or, <laughs> also do a hula. Yes, they do a hula song. Uh, but those are the only other like songs, and those are kind of more bits than actual songs. Yeah. It's a surprisingly small amount for a musical. I mean, you know, I guess it's not nothing, but they're good songs. Well, I'm trying to think, like, uh, what is the average number of songs in a like, Disney movie? Well, yeah. In a musical, I mean, there may be more, right. but I mean, in a straight up musical, maybe in a Disney movie, there's fewer. Yeah, I mean, we didn't watch Aladdin, but there's like... Despite me having a memory of it. <laughs> there's uh, Arabian Nights, there's uh, One Jump, whatever, yeah. Jump, blah, blah, blah. A reprise of One Jump as well. And then you have... Uh, the Friend Like Me. Friend Like Me, and then you have like Prince Ali. Yeah. And then the the main one, uh, Whole New World. Oh, Yeah. And and, you, this, and Jafar gets a reprise of uh, Prince Ali, oh, very yeah. sarcastic and sneering again. Disney yeah. villain. So yeah, if and we then, count the reprise, yeah. that's that's about the same amount. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. Point taken. Unless I'm forgetting something. People, Just, Bryson, did you sing any more songs for Aladdin? He's shaking his head. No, he he's not no. mic'd. Okay. He's not mic'd. <laughs> I want to give uh, young Nala credit for one of my favorite lines. Where are we going? Better be not. Better not be someplace dumb. <laughs> Which, she was very good. I liked her a lot. She had a lot of energy. Yeah, um, and I feel like she doesn't get a lot of scenes, but uh, the young Nala, especially, like just establishes who Nala is. Really fun. Yeah. The watering hole. Um, Pindia again. <laughs> she's very charming. She's more charming than Moira Kelly. Oh yeah, absolutely more charming. Although than- I feel like Moira Kelly has to come in and like be like, hey. Yeah. I'm back to get the plot back on track. Totally. We're all having fun eating bugs and shit. I would argue that although I like Simba's journey and I like, you know, the the story, I think she's more charming than than Simba as a character, Nala. Oh, yeah. Simba is the most entitled fuckwit. Yeah. He's a little brat as a kid, too. And then he's... He's more... He's better as he gets older, but still, it's just like... After he's been destroyed. Yeah. After his... After his world taken away, crumbled around him. Don't cry, though, when you see Simba and Mufasa talking after he gets in trouble. And then Mufasa, they wrestle. And they're, uh, Why would I cry? It's I did. not like I have, uh, one, a history of crying about daddy-son issues. Uh-huh. And a history of crying about cats, actually. Because that time I <laughs> cried about that cat litter commercial. It was a rough year that year. Um, was, that, was that when we were... <laughs> yeah. But in my defense, it was it may not be cat related because it was also a, a cat litter commercial about a 
a father-son-cat relationship. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just going to use that in everyday life now. Better not be someplace dumb. <laughs> uh, I did like in the songs, there is almost like uh, each, and I, I, I again, because it's been a while since, I mean, the only Disney movie we've done for this podcast has been Pocahontas, mm. despite that uh, shadowy Aladdin episode, only I remember. <laughs> um, the, the, the songs each have like a different feel, not only, of course, song wise mm-hmm. um but the animated segments get a different feel each time right circle of life has this very majestic you yeah. know uh tone to it and then sir uh i can't wait to be can gets hyper stylized yeah it's very um, more it's a lot more cartoony in the traditional like yeah and it gets this, this almost like <laughs> gets this miami like color palette yeah uh, just super neon colors, and it's very fun. And all the animals become really stylized, and yeah. it's it's a, it's a they're like fantastic. props for them, to, yeah. to play with. Too. Um, it's a fantastic uh, break from the rest of the thing. And yeah. uh, Hakuna Matata, I mean, it's all they're in this whole new environment where it's lush and green, and right. of course, can you feel the nub tonight? It's full on graphic Le- lion <laughs> sex. I almost said lesbian sex. Um, huh. Who knows what Nala got up to? You know, it's only Scar and the rest of the ladies. Yeah. And Scar seems kind of lazy and maybe not interested in ladies. I made a note to myself um, that this would be like a holdover for pre-Aladdin animation that... That there would there would be like sort of cartoony elements, and there were, um, but there was actually a lot more meta jokes than I remembered. Hmm. Uh, you do have a segment of Zazu singing, yes. not only "Lovely Bunch of Coconuts," yeah. um, but it's a small world, right. and then you know Scar having a very nineties uh, response yeah. to that to that song. Um, you also get uh, Pumbaa recognizing exactly what stars are, right. They're giant balls. I remember of gas. loving. I thought that was the oh, fucking no, it's, best joke. It's a ever very as charming a line as a kid, especially. It's still good now, but it's very good now. But it's you've. I feel like I've seen like six thousand variations on that line right. in kids shows. Uh, I have a big question for you. How is the drought in the Pride Lands Scar's fault? I, I yeah, I thought the same thing. So uh, when Scar takes Scar takes over, we come back later, and it's just destitute. Uh, the lionesses won't hunt, but they also, there's no food. The pri- the, the pack has moved on. I guess, I mean, I, I, we were sort of complaining about that. And there is a scene though with Scar and Sarabi sort of right before the climax where Sarabi suggests we must leave Pride Rock. All the, all the herds have moved to other, right. Literally greener pastures and, uh, Scar, I guess how he is a bad leader is he refuses to leave Pride Rock. Right. Uh, but it's sort of like frame like this is his fault that right. like it's never they never say that Nala at one but. point when she's she finds Simba she's like I came to find help and it's yeah. like can Simba make it rain though no right and then it, of course it does as soon as he comes back like at the, yeah. there's a lightning storm and things catch fire while the big battle sequence is going on and then Scar dies and then the rain starts and all the 
Well, I would I would say that that leads to my final point, yeah. my big point, which is monarchy exclamation point. Yay, it's back. <laughs> Yay, it divine was... right. Yeah. The gods have proven that Simba is our true ruler. <laughs> and I think this movie is trying to say, you know, it's trying to say something about leadership, uh, right. you know, uh, not using force to lead your people, but rather whatever. Know. It's kind of force also. <laughs> it's, it's an odd choice to make the lions the king of everyone else because they literally eat the lower yeah. level animals, which has something to say about the rich and powerful. Right. Because uh, they're like, yeah, we eat the antelopes, but also eventually by some other way we'll die and then and become we become grass. grass. It was like Sentient grass, Mufasa? That can feel so. horrible I don't pain? Think that counts, Mufasa. Oh no, the grass's entrails are all over the pride lands. <laughs> that smell when you cut grass, that's the grass screaming in pain. Um, they scream with olfactory things <laughs> it's uh, the same thing yeah so i guess it was trying to say like the differences between leadership but all it said to me is like this is why you don't have monarchies because the next guy might be completely fucking insane yeah and lead us all to die in a drought barren wasteland drought riddled barren wasteland sure use that edit it use, so it sounds better use take time. two um i want his reaction on take one but my take two <laughs> I feel like we pretty much covered it. You want to go to the verdict? I have one list thing. Of course you Oh, do. no, I don't. Oh, wait. No, I have a good one. I have one question for you, DJ. Yes. How many furry fetishes do you think this movie launched? Because mm. there were a few shots uh, of Simba where I was like, yeah, you could get it. <laughs> and I read in the IMDb trivia. Wouldn't kick trivia. him out of bed for eating an antelope. <laughs> I read it in the IMDb trivia footnote um, that his hair is based on John Bon Jovi's hair. Okay. Which is, come on. Sure. Cite your evidence, please. Uh, But there, I mean, he is a a handsome lion. Okay. Now. And, you know, uh, Scar is that sort of elder statesman, uh, maybe a little lascivious older man. Got a few dirty jokes up his sleeve. But, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. and You got to go home with someone. You can't you just know, hang out in the bar I all mean, like, night. Simba's who you who you bring home to mom. But, like, uh, Scar is who you uh, you tell dirty jokes to at the bar. Right. You know. And he bought you all those nice clothes. Right. <laughs> He's very wealthy. Oh, yes. He comes from a well-to-do family. And once he kills his nephew, he's going to be king. <laughs> um, oh, Scar. To answer your question, non-zero, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Nala, I mean, she's got those bedroom. When she licks Simba. She gives him the, the look that is bedroomized for sure. And licks him. Yeah. Licks him. Yeah. With her tongue. And then. As is implied by the Then they just lick. go. Lion cloaca to lion cloaca. <laughs> Which is weird because they don't have those. No, I got it. I am thinking of the Little Mermaid. Oh. Can't Prince Eric's to... in for a rude awakening. Can't wait to get into that. Um, all right. Are you ready to go to the verse? Yeah, we can. All right. Damon Anthopoulos, what is your verdict? 
Uh, I would say uh, your inner child is not an idiot. Uh, despite some political disagreements with the premises of this film, uh, I think it's a fun movie. Uh, charming. You can sort of start to see uh, the genetic predeterminates of the Shrek era of hmm. uh, animation. Sassy friends, uh, meta jokes, um, but it's a very good movie. Um, just have a discussion with your children about divine right and, you know, heirs. <laughs> and how droughts work. And also, yeah, how just general <laughs> weather rules. And also, kid, when I die, don't come calling because I'm not coming out of the clouds for you. <laughs> Figure your shit out. That reminds me, we didn't really talk about Robert Guillaume, but he did, uh, the Rafiki was oh, fantastic. Yeah. I feel like, I, I would also add in my verdict, Rafiki is my nominee for the Catherine O'Hara Memorial MVP. Seconded award. and decided. Because he, he has basically. Put it on the wall. He has, Pebo. He's in it a bit, but he really has one scene. Like one solid he, scene. One yeah. solid scene. He's very he, much the uh, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate of this movie, where he's mostly silent in every in every scene he's in. Um, but when he does get one scene, it's it's a really solid. Uh, he does a very like Yoda like yeah. messing with Simba, but for but Yoda wise specifically reasons. in that one scene where he's pretending he's not Yoda, right? Kind of being a smartass. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I completely agree with that, and I also I love Robert Guillaume. So yeah. Um. Yes. Your child is not an idiot. This is great. I I will say, when Timon and Pumbaa showed up, it was a much needed, like they they put it at the exact right time. It's not After like the movie a was main character dies. Well, it because it was like that was a really affecting scene. Mufasa's death, mm-hmm. which you know we all know it was coming. It's like one one of the things you remember about this movie, and it's like uh, it it was really you know devastating when you're a kid, and it's it's heart-wrenching and you have this like lovely moment with them before that um where you see that he's like a loving father and that they do have this relationship and that Simba's you know gonna grow and learn and like even though he's a brat now you see like those little bits and pieces of like the lion he could become and and you can see that they're like oh this is gonna work I mean obviously knowing what happens in the movie you know but like you can see like if this if that were to happen you're You're like almost panicking for some reason. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's really well established and that yes, makes it, they do a great job establishing their relationship, especially cause I mean, Disney is known for killing, yeah, off, killing parents. off parents. Yeah. And usually before anything off, happens. Right. Yeah. Or before the movie starts, even they're just like a kid out there and alone. And little known fact, uh, do you know that Mufasa and Bambi's mom got together in heaven? Oh, nice. Oh, it's filthy though. Um, one thing that I did learn from this movie is that Mufasa fucks. <laughs> <laughs> and Simba fucks. <laughs> and yeah. Nala fucks. Nala fucks. Sex positive. And let's be honest, Scar fucks. And I'll be honest with you, Zazu fucks. He and Shenzi <laughs> oh. had a thing. Okay. Had a I thing. I did not know that. Yeah. Him and Whoopi. Um, yeah, when Timon and Pumbaa show up, it's it's very, it's very needed. Like, they're very funny. Those... Uh, Nathan Lane and whoever was the place, Pumbaa, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, it, it's awesome. It's great. And you can see why they're like favorite characters too because it's 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 great. And Nathan Lane, I mean, uh, we were sort of talking about voice actors and you brought up, I'm sure voice actors are happy with Nathan Lane. Yeah, they're like, oh, these fucking celebrities. And then they see Nathan, Nathan Lane and they're like, well, he's awesome. So. Yeah. And Nathan Lane, I think this, 
I think this actually came out the same year as Birdcage. So okay. it's kind of a coincidence that he got his that he sort of became a thing star. right before yeah. this movie came out. Uh, I'm trying to. Can you look up the other actor's name? I yeah. feel bad that I would forget it because he's fantastic as well. It's Ed something. Edward. Ernie Sabella. Wow, I'm a monster. Ernie Sabella, who I think if you clicked on his link, you would recognize him immediately. Uh, He's been in like a thousand things. Of course, Wikipedia doesn't have his fucking picture, you fucking sons of bitches. And you have the balls to ask me for money every six months. Don't put Ernie Sabella's picture up. Oh, yeah. They just do like a fantastic job, and they're sort of like more character actors. And I mean, they do what character actors do, like establish a character instantaneously. Right. Uh, They do a great job. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're talking about showing the next generation of of kids, this movie, like, absolutely. That's like, yeah, they're going to love it. Hopefully, hopefully the, the live action one is, is good. And then that, that kind of brings back or, or if it's not and you take your kid and it's terrible, just show them this. It's great. They'll be like, Dad, I don't want to spend any more time. He's like, look, I just need you to see the original version. I'm sorry we went out there. You've been in the movie theater for all day. I just want to go outside. No. No. You stay in here. What do you guys think? Email us. Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a message, 615-576-0525. Play it on the show. Uh, We want to thank our patrons for supporting the show, including Jacob Grimm. Corey Cummings. Brandon Hardy. Christine in Brooklyn. His Honor, the Mayor. Jeremy Powell. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Dan McIntyre. Ghosts in the Burbs. Jonathan Day. Thank you guys very much. Your support is helping us continue to make this show. If you want to support like them, patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot. You can find us on all the social media. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Instagram. Uh, we're on uh, Gab. No, we are not. Damon's comic, DrewForComic.com. He's also got an Instagram. At Drifford, you can go see you my don't band. You have to go to another website. Just go to the one you go to all the time and just do it there. Yeah, you can go to you can go to uh, itcityband.com to see my music. Uh, you can go follow us on itcityband on Instagram. Get some music. Just fucking just do it. You're gonna be like, there's no there's no talking in this music where you just talk about movies. There's no oh, talking right. in this comic. No, this is other things. We do other stuff. There are people singing, which is sort of a form of talking, and then there's like characters talking about comics, and you just have to read it. And let's okay. At the brain. same time, let's sing our favorite song from this movie, and see if it's the same one. Okay, okay. ready? Be, Be prepared, prepared for the. Da, da, Be prepared prepared for for sensational news. A shining new era is tiptoeing nearer. And where do we feature? Just listen to teacher. I didn't realize it (laughs) has to nest. There's like kind of...